This podcast is sponsored by Aurora Packaging Solutions, a global packaging solutions provider leading the transition to a more sustainably packaged future. They specialize in developing packaging and visual communication solutions that reduce the impact on the environment and bring sustainability goals to life. With a focus on partnership and service, they create a custom solution for your business. To learn more, please visit www.ororapackaging.com. Welcome to Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors. Today's guest is somebody very different than normal here. We've got a lawyer on the stage, and I'm excited to introduce him, Mr. Matt Carmel. How are you, sir? I'm doing very well today, Corey. How are you? Good. I'm thrilled to to speak to you about this different aspect of sustainability, and it's so important. But I want to let you introduce yourself and, and tell us a little bit about your background first. Thanks. So I'm a principal and the chair of the Environmental and Sustainability Law Group at Offit Kerman, which is a full-service AMLAW 200 law firm, the national footprint, and very regional expertise as well. Personally, you know, I'm very passionate about sustainability in the environment. You know, I've been lucky enough to be recognized by industry and regulators for leadership and influence in the field of environmental law and sustainability. Um, And I get to work on traditional environmental compliance matters, counseling, litigation, those kinds of things, but then also really niche sustainability issues. And and one of those things, you know, really is, is counseling brands on compliance with packaging laws, you Mm. know, including waste and recycling laws, but also Claim laws relating to environmental advertising, which is what we want to talk about. Such a key point to this whole thing is with everything changing so quickly, brands are struggling to keep up as well as suppliers like us are, we're struggling to keep up with all of the changes. So I think this is where you and your organization come in. So important. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the particulars? Like what are the FTC green guides and and why should the packaging industry be so aware of them? Yeah, so companies make pro- market products and services as having an environmental benefit. In this context, we're talking about packaging having an environmental benefit. And that can be whether that it's compostable packaging or recyclable packaging, that it's made with a certain amount of recycled content, that's made with renewable energy, or that it's quote unquote sustainable. Those are marketing claims. And marketing claims are subject to both state and federal law that protects consumers from false and misleading marketing claims. I'm sure that your listeners have heard of certain litigation or different things like that, or even just you know, looked at a product and said, oh, this one says it's recyclable material in the packaging. I'm going to buy that product instead of this other one. Right. So while state laws can be more restrictive, the touchstone in this area is the Federal Trade Commission Act. And the Federal Trade Commission, FTC's, quote-unquote, green guides. The green guides are a guidance document. It's one document, even though it calls itself the guides. (laughs) (laughs) And that document contains standards and examples and guidelines to help companies understand what constitutes deceptive or misleading environmental advertising. If you want to make a compostable claim or a recyclable claim, What are you going to be judged? And so as the packaging industry continues to strive to be more sustainable, it's going to want to communicate about its efforts on packaging and in marketing materials to consumers, to brands. You know, if you're a supplier creating a packaging, you're going to want to supply that to your customers, the brands. 
if you're a brand, you're going to want to communicate that information to the ultimate consumers. Right. These claims will be subject to the FTC green guides, which interestingly get updated every 10 years. And we are at the beginning right now of a major update. So this is a, a moment where over the past 10 years, there have been huge advancements and shifts in the packaging industry and applicable law. And so we're at the process of figuring out how are the FTC green guides going to change? How is that going to change what packaging companies can put on their labels and how, and really it's going to trickle down into all different aspects of the industry. It's an incredible time. And with extended producer responsibility laws and state by state or even county by county differences in acceptable materials, packaging companies and members of, I mean, companies that use packaging will, will be frantically searching for answers over the next several months and several years. Do you have any predictions of, of what the, the green guides will say? Have they released any kind of teaser documents or anything? Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's the great part of where we are right now in the process. So the FTC has issued a notice indicating that it's starting the update of the green guides. That notice includes a bunch of different areas, issues, questions that the FTC is currently seeking comments on. So that that combined with some of the major issues that have come up recently, there's litiga- ongoing litigation always over the FTC green guides and in this case in, in this context packaging. And there are some significant issues that are coming out through that litigation that we're already seeing that are going to be addressed in the green guides. You know, for instance, what does it mean to put a, a, a claim on a, on a package that says it is recyclable or 100% recyclable. There's ongoing litigation right now involving Coca-Cola and the Sierra Club, where Coca-Cola lists its packaging as being recyclable. And the Sierra Club has argued the packaging, that, that bottle predominantly ends up in landfills. And this is just the argument. So if the bottle predominantly ends up in landfills, even if the product is recy- quote unquote recyclable in theory, you can't right. market it as recyclable if it's not actually being recycled. And right. so this is something that the FTC is overseen by a board of commissioners. And hmm. one of the commissioners has highlighted this as a specific issue that they want to address in the FTC Green Guides update. And the oh. notice discusses it as well. And so, you know, we're going to see this issue of what happens with recyclability, what happens with recyclable claims in this time. And we're going to see, I think, a significant series of comments from the plastic packaging industry, but also from industry groups, in part because the court cases, the litigation, have gone in favor of the plastic packaging industry in in several Mm -hmm. recent decisions. So this could be an attempt, you know, for the government and nonprofit groups to pull to rectify from their perspective those decisions. Fascinating to think about that. I just heard today, just this morning, about another company that's being sued in a class action lawsuit about this exact issue. It's those small coffee pods that you put in your your coffee maker every morning. They say they're recyclable. 
But what we're finding out is they're not always getting recycled. So I think that's fascinating to see. It's always been the case, right? Every Almost all materials are recyclable. Are they getting recycled? Not always, of course. Nothing is 100% to my knowledge. <laughs> and unfortunately, a lot of the numbers are even less than 10% for, for packaging materials. But those numbers are continuing to go up as far as I see, and which is exciting and good news for, for most of us. And there's lots of plans in place like extended producer responsibility laws and things like that that are urging local municipalities to collect even more materials and providing you know, some, some cost incentives to do so. So the green guides are, are over here, but are they overarching on, do they supersede the state law or how does that work? I want to make one more point about what we were just talking about first, yeah, and then I'll, I answer that question. So, so I think, you know, we just talked about that in the context of recyclable claims. Right. And the, the other point to make in the context of recyclable claims is there are new recycling technologies coming out, including advanced or chemical recycling. Yeah. And one of the issues is whether or not that counts as recycling for the purposes <laughs> of what we're talking about, because there are some who say, from a marketing perspective, a marketing claim perspective, that should not count. So that's another that's another related issue. And mm -hmm. then you're also going to see this fact versus hypothetical trickle down into other more niche claims like compostable packaging. So does it get composted? You're going to see all this different thing, that high level piece of in practice, is this happening? And as you <laughs> say, with the EPR laws, that puts more burden on the manufacturer, if you want to say something is recycled, to make sure it's getting recycled, or if you're right. saying that the waste is being handled in a certain way. But to your to to the question you were asking, states are allowed to in, in, enact stricter laws. And if we take degradable claims as an example, the FTC allows degradable claims in certain instances. Mm. Um, with certain qualifiers and with certain evidentiary pieces. But several states have taken the step of prohibiting sale of products, packaging that has that claim on it. So it's an example of how states can be more restrictive. So it is really important for brands to survey things at the federal level, but also at a state level. A quick break for our sponsor this month. Now is the time to go beyond recycling. SmartSolve pioneers certified bio-based water-soluble packaging technologies that empower consumers and businesses to effortlessly reduce plastic waste. Our non-toxic materials quickly and completely disperse when combined with water and agitation, thus making them easily recyclable, biodegradable, and even zero waste. If zero waste packaging interests you, Please contact us today at info at smartsolve.com. Incredible. It's it's so overwhelming and so daunting for for most that I think a lot are playing the wait and see game. 
And what we've seen is that's not a good solution. <laughs> what we've seen in, I talked to my friend Paul in England the other day, and he said, people that waited, you know, manufacturers of packaging that waited and said, oh, this will just all wash out in the pan, you know, really are hurting now. They're, they're struggling to adapt to. So my advice is listen to people like Matt, understand what they're saying, search on your own. Understand what your packaging, if you're a company or a brand that makes or or uses packaging, understand what it's going to, how it's going to change. Do you need a plan B? Is it possible that PET material won't be acceptable? You'll have to switch to the, you know what I mean? Like, so it's a, it's a fascinating future potential here. Yeah, it, it really is. And another way that's States can drive sort of the this discussion by enacting laws. And one of the laws that we've been talking about is EPR. Another one is recycled content requirements. So mm-hmm. states have started to roll out recycled content requirements and packaging. And as those states roll out those requirements, one, brands need to be aware of them and, and comply with them, obviously. And there can be some very interesting and you know far-reaching laws in, in that. But also. Again, as states roll out these requirements, manufacturers are going to meet them, and then they're going to want to market that information to their customers. Right. And this is an area where the where the FTC has requested substantial comment, and is an interesting sort of nuance for people who are nerds about the industry <laughs> of like me. Uh, <laughs> right what does it mean to have recycled content in an in a piece yeah. is that anything is that post consumer recycled content right. is that recycled content including material that's recaptured during the manufacturing process right. and as i started out saying this is all about what the consumer understands right. when you think about a claim you're making you want to think about how do consumers interpret the claim? Are there common misunderstandings? And as a brand, how do we have to provide a basis to support the claim? And so when you think about those things in the context of recycled content and this issue of recapture during the manufacturing process or post-consumer, you know, right. what is a what what does your average Joe who's at the supermarket understand about that? And I know that some of the state recycled content laws focus on post-consumer and not recaptured because, you know, that's a more significant, you know, incorporation. Recovering post-consumer is harder and more environmentally beneficial than recovering during the manufacturing process. Both are essential, but they're, they're very different. And I know, you know, Stepping into the grocery store, if if I don't have my lawyer hat on right now, <laughs> I don't. I'm not sure I would know what the difference was or realize it. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, and then it's gonna it, it's gonna matter of making sure that you're marketing it correctly, making sure you as a brand understand the difference, which I'm sure you do, and then communicating that clearly through your packaging. Well said, and such a key important point because. Post-industrial recycled material is a lot easier for a lot of these manufacturers to get because it's a it's part of the process in their facility. So it's sure easier to add in five more percent of that because it's already there. But does 
does that encourage more recycling? Not really. They're probably already doing that if they can accept that material. So fascinating to, to think about post-consumer versus post-industrial and what those laws will say. And can you be too specific on your packaging? Can you say this material is made from 10% post-industrial waste? And will that be, will that make a consumer say, oh, that's not really recycling? Or will that make a consumer say, oh, recycled, great. That's more, that's better for the environment. So there's this, this catch-22 where you have to be specific, but if you're too specific, <laughs> you might tip your hat to people and, and make them upset. Yeah, yeah just and you be- have to be specific in a way that the consumer understands. Right. So, you know, and I think that's one of the reasons that we're focusing on post-industrial, because if the consumer doesn't know what post-industrial means, then you're being transparent, but not in a way that means something to the consumer and could still then be considered to be misleading. And that's, I think, the the really the really important thing to vet your packaging claims against. You know, wow. you may you may think you've been totally transparent in industry speak, but if the consumer doesn't understand it the same way, you haven't met the goal and you could be in trouble. I hadn't even thought of that. That is fascinating to think about. I just noticed the award behind you. Is that from a Waste Expo? It is. It oh, is. Congratulations. I was, I was very, you know, you know, honored to be one of the 40 under 40 award winners from last year. Oh, um, congratulations. So I was there at the so event. I, I, I'm sorry I didn't meet you there. <laughs> I, I actually didn't get a chance to make it, but um, oh. <laughs> so I know. That's why. I know. But maybe yeah. this year. My friend Jonathan Quinn also won an award. So I went there to kind of take some pictures of him getting his award and everything. Liz Bothwell, who runs that event, is an incredible person. Oh, so incredible. If you're listening and you don't know her, I highly recommend reaching out to her and showing up to the next Waste Expo, which will be in New Orleans in May. Yeah, Waste 360 has been wonderful and given me a platform to talk about so many of these sustainable issues that intersect the waste industry. No, I'm very grateful to Liz and everyone else at Waste 360. Very cool. And and what a great purpose you have here. I, I want to talk about compostable a little bit. I think that is very confusing to people. You say, and it used to, they used to say biodegradable. Now I know that's not an appropriate word to use anymore and really frowned upon. So I don't think, I think that'll probably be against the law to use on packaging is, is kind of what I'm I'm hearing and, and learning. Do you agree that biodegradable will, will not be acceptable and that compostable will have to be defined? I think that's likely. I think I think biodegradable, I mean it's already been banned in many states. Mm-hmm. I think I think we could see it be banned by the FTC through these through these guides. Maybe not. You know, there is at least one case uh, involving the FTC green guides where the they've determined that packaging was not misleading when wow. it was labeled as degradable and degradable over a long period of time. When going back to what we were saying before, the packaging was very transparent as to what percentage degradability over what time period. I'm just not sure that's going to continue to be the standard. Um, mm-hmm. It would be a departure. But I, I might say I'm hopeful. <laughs> so tell us why. Tell us why, Matt. Why is biodegradable kind of a bad word in the environmental space? So I think it goes back to the what happens to the material type thing. When people see degradable, they often think compostable. Right, and right. 
putting that's that it. product in a composting waste in a compostable waste stream will contaminate that. And so, so in in many instances, you're not seeing the intended benefit. You're not seeing the life cycle work the way it's supposed to. The words that we put on packaging are supposed to sell our products, but also support the flow of waste in the way that we want that we we as a society want to to be as environmentally friendly as we can. And if both of those things aren't really lining up, we probably need to go in a different direction. So key, such a true statement. And when you say compostable and consumer thinks, oh, I can throw this in my back garden and it'll be fine. Wait, hold on. What I meant was industrial compostable. Well, what does that mean? I don't have access to that, you know, and very few people do right now. But hopefully those numbers will grow if if compostable packaging still is one of the solutions, which I think it probably is over the long term. But I'd love to hear your thoughts. What what would you, if you were in charge of the situation, what would you say, hey, companies, you need to make packaging recyclable or you need to make, what would you, if you could wave your magic wand, what would you say? Yeah, I mean... Well, I might go for reusable, but that's, yeah, a, that's, a, love that's that. a different that's a different conversation. I think no, a bit. but um, it could be this conversation if you want. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm a big fan of reusable packaging. I, we have a zero waste store right near me, which allows you to bring your own reusable packaging and fill and, and fill and refill, you know, d- different items. I, I think that's great, you know. But then at the end of the day, there's a right solution for a right scenario, you know. Yeah. Reusable is not going to always be the right solution. Compostable is not always going to be the right solution. Recyclable is not always going to be the right solution. But I'm a firm proponent of the right fit for the right job. And so finding the right piece and, and putting it in, putting it into play, I, I just think it's in the context of this discussion, it's very important to have the right messaging associated yeah. with it so that, what, as I said, whatever we said is going to happen to that piece is what happens to it. That's it. Well said. And we have to follow through and we have to continue and keep this material circular, keep it working in in the system so we don't have to harvest raw materials as much. Yeah, very true. Exactly. Yeah. Well, is there anything I, I didn't ask you that I wish I would have? Let's talk about the word sustainable. I think yeah. that's, where we should, that's where we should end because I think that's the most forward-looking aspect of this. I, so I we've sort of touched on this a couple of times, but... The green guides get enforced either directly by the FTC. Everyone is, is everyone understands that a regulator can come after your company if you're doing something wrong. But it can also come through class action lawsuits from from the ultimate end user, or it can come from private party actions from your competitors. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different ways these things can, can, can things can come up, and we have seen some debates, discussions claims litigation involving the word sustainable because interestingly when the ftc guides were last updated that was a term that the ftc decided was not definable you know there wasn't (laughs) there weren't enough standards for for some for them to say okay you can say your packaging in this instance is sustainable if you meet x y and z criteria they've reopened that door right now i think that Calling it an open door is it's an open frontier because <laughs> I think the packaging industry would like to call itself more sustainable. I think packaging would like to say sustainability on it, but 
in a realm where you have these sort of loose guidelines and the threat of enforcement and litigation, it's it's going to remain a frontier for a while. But I'm really curious to see how that plays out, you know, and sustainable claims are, I think, in this discussion are a stand in for these larger claims that are being made on packaging about ESG, about social impact, about these kinds of things. When you step off the specific technical standards and you go to something more mission based, really, Hmm. and figuring out how you navigate that line, I think that's I'm not sure that we're going to be able to get there in this update of the green guides, but maybe between now and 2033, when we're redoing <laughs> these again, yeah, right. the packaging industry with the leadership that it's shown over the last 10 years, will be closer to that. And so I think that's the sort of, if I'm going to leave us with a charge, I think that's the charge is if we can't define it now. Let's continue along the path that the the industry is on, embracing sustainability very, I think, significantly and wholeheartedly, and let that become the fabric of the future of the industry and let it trickle its way into the green guides at the same time. Uh, So key, such such an important point. I remember when it was called environmentally friendly, you know, and it's it's so interesting how the the phrases and the terminology becomes becomes fashionable and and not and so i'm totally prepared for the word sustainable to either fall out of fashion or to become the essence of truth and i I hope you're right i hope it becomes part of the the verbiage we can use moving forward so matt what's the best way for people to get in touch with you if they have questions or want to work with your company I know you'll put in the show notes, you know, links to my LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn, but, you know, we have our website, my email address, my phone number. I think that'll all be in there. And, you know, I'm looking forward to to continuing the conversation offline with anyone who's interested. Thank you again, sir. And thank you, Landsberg Aurora, for sponsoring the podcast. We appreciate it. If you're listening, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss the next episode and give us a review. We appreciate that. Thank you so much. This episode is sponsored by Specrite the first purpose-built platform for specification management. So much has changed when it comes to packaging, and there's a new book to help you stay ahead of the curve, The Evolution of Products and Packaging, written by longtime packaging executive Mr. Matthew Wright, helps you unpack industry trends and explains how you can use data to drive packaging, innovation, and sustainability. Download your free copy today at specright.com backslash book. That's S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T dot com backslash book.